It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the Hi, this is Dick Morris with Doug DePiro. Hi, Dick. And my show is sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, we didn't stay up all night watching election returns last week because there theoretically wasn't an election. <laughs> but uh, just like in old style, uh, control of the Senate passed from the Democrats to the Republicans last week. You didn't know it. It wasn't reported. It did. The media didn't talk about it. But... Republican control of the U.S. Senate became inevitable last week. Not something we have to pray and sweat for, something that inevitably will happen. Really? Because Manchin retired, announced he wouldn't run again. And Manchin is from West Virginia, which is the single most Republican state in the country. And there is no question that Manchin, the Democrat, would have been defeated if he had run for re-election. Oh, that's why he... Uh, that's why I bailed out. Uh-huh. And uh, Jim Justice, the governor of West Virginia, who's a solid Republican, is running for that seat against Alex Mooney, who's a very good congressman from West Virginia. And one of them will definitely be the senator. When that happens, we will have 50 votes in the Senate. We now have 49. Jim <laughs> Justice is from where? West Virginia. Uh-huh. And the, uh, and the 50th vote, will be Justice or Mooney mm-hmm. from West Virginia. Now, if the Senate is 50-50 when Donald Trump takes office as president, his vice president will break the tie mm-hmm. in favor of the Republicans. And the Democrats ran the Senate for, for many, many years with uh, with the vice president breaking the tie. And uh, it is clear, it is clear that the Senate is going to go Republican Wow. When Trump gets back into That's office. Great. And when you combine that with the Republicans picking up two or three extra seats, uh, because they are, uh, the, the Trump is going to win by so much and he's, uh, it, it's so amazing how strong he is that he'll probably pick up a whole bunch of House seats and we won't anymore have this paper thin three vote majority right. where every, anybody can screw it up. We'll have a healthy majority of probably 10 or 15 or even 20 seats. Now, at the same time in the Senate, we don't need to be content with a 50-50 Senate Uh, uh, because we have very, very good chances of winning additional seats in the Senate. Let me go through them. The most likely pickup is Montana with John Tester, who is certifiably the dumbest member of the Senate. Uh, is he? Yeah, he is. I wrote about him 10 years ago. What's his IQ, 2020? Just about. He <laughs> dropped the second 20. And uh, he, get my joke. He's, he's, really, uh, he's really not bright and uh, no record in the Senate. He's a senator from Montana, and uh, he survived a couple of challenges because the year was he had was blessed by a, by a Democratic year, and he was able to skate in. Mm. But this year he's going to be in real trouble, probably defeated, uh, possibly defeated by Matt Rosendale, who's the at-large congressman uh, for West for Montana, and possibly by a Navy SEAL who's running for that seat. Um, so 
I think I think Montana is going to go Republican. And then the second most likely seat, I think, is in uh, Arizona, where Carrie Lake is going to run, and she's going to be in a three-way race with Kristen Sinema, the Democrat who turned independent, and uh, Griffith, a uh, and Gallegos, sorry, who is the uh, Democratic candidate, a Latin Amer- a Latin congressman, mm-hmm. and um, in a in a two-way race. Lake would have trouble because she has trouble getting over 50. But in a three-way race, she can undoubtedly get a plurality. And uh, I think that she's likely to win. Uh, I told her that the way you can win is to lower the threshold that you need from 50% to 40%. And when you go into a a three-way race, that does that. You think they listen to this and they're going to, one of them's going to bail out? No, I don't think so. Because uh, cinema is raising a lot of money and working hard. The Democrat obviously won't back out. I think Kerry will stay in and will win. Uh, I think I think that's very likely. Good. <clears throat> I think the third seat we might pick up is uh, in Ohio, where Sherrod Brown is the Democratic senator. And by anybody's count, he is the single most left-wing member of the Senate. Uh, he was elected, uh, I think, 18 years ago. Sherrod? S-H-E-R-R-O-D. And um, he still votes like the Senate is as liberal as it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's way, way to the left of where he should be. And Ohio has moved significantly to the right. Um, they used to say Ohio and Florida were the two swing states in the country. And now Florida is reliably Republican and uh, and Ohio is largely Republican. So I think we have a good shot at beating Sherrod Brown. Mm-hmm. Look at how easy uh, it was for Vance to win the Senate seat two years ago from Ohio. And then I think the uh, third seat we'll probably have a good chance of picking up is in Nevada, where uh, the incumbent Jackie Rosen is, is basically inert. She's totally inactive. She never says anything. She never does anything. And her campaign literature says that She's standing for women and children in America, and that's her most controversial position. <laughs> and I think that uh, Jackie Rosen's days are definitely numbered, even though Nevada is a 50-50 state. But the last polling shows Trump carrying Nevada by about 10 points. Isn't Nevada the most corrupt state as far as... Uh... It is, and that's quite a title. Uh, <laughs> so, there's, <laughs> so there's a good chance that the that this election is stolen but there's a good chance that it's not. There are three good Republicans running. The one who is really good and pro-Trump is Jim Marchand. Yeah, he's great. M-A-R-S-H-A-N-C-H-A-N-T. And uh, I hope he wins, but clearly one of those Republicans is very likely to win. Who are the other two? Um, Gunther, right, who right. is a dermatologist. and um, He's got skin in the game? Yeah, he's got skin in the game. <laughs> and... Um, and uh, I'm forgetting the other name. Yeah, I can never remember the other. All right. <laughs> he's, he's a uh, he's a decorated veteran, uh, but he's said some things that are not pro-Trump, and I'm suspicious of him for that. Okay. And then you have uh, Pennsylvania, where last time we made the mistake and voted for Dr. Oz in the primary, and uh, Daniel McCormick, who lost the primary, probably would have won the seat had he been the candidate, and now he's coming back, and he will be the candidate. And the opponent is Bob Casey, who's been in the Senate for 
either 18 or 24 years, I forget. And um, he originally got elected because he was the only pro-life Democrat there was. Mm -hmm. But since then, he's compromised on abortion. McCormick, who who is this guy? Is this the also Army guy? No, No, he's not Army. He's a venture capitalist. Uh Okay. And uh, and he's got a pretty decent record. So I think McCormick is likely to win, may well win that. So we have five seats we could pick up. And I think we'll pick up two or three or maybe even four or five. Wow. And you're pretty, you feel really strong about this? Well, given the margin that Trump is racking up nationally Uh and in each of these swing states, I do. Uh, But I don't have to. We still have control even if we lose all five of those states. Uh, So it is almost certain that if Trump is elected president, he will have a Republican Congress in both houses of Congress. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, when you get down to it and you look at the election returns, it will be obvious that This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Hi, this is Dick Morris on the Dick Morris Show with my advisor, associate, and friend, uh, Doug DePiro. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't remember name? my name, though. Yeah. And, I don't. Uh, we're sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. <laughs> my good friend. Yeah, uh, my good what's buddy. his name again? Actually, um, <laughs> I once good had, friends. Which day were here? I once had a Senate race in North Dakota, <laughs> and uh, the guy who was the, the back when I was a Democrat, and the guy who um, was running uh, was counting on the endorsement of Ted Kennedy. And uh, actually, he was a Republican. Kennedy was going to cross over and endorse him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he called Kennedy, and Kennedy was coming to West Virginia. And he said, I'll, I can't endorse you, but I'll send a signal to you. So Kennedy gets up to speak, and he says, I'm glad to be here in North Dakota with my good friend. And then he gets the name wrong. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, I love that. Uh, when uh, you do a toast, you go, here's the good friends. Yeah. We'll say we're here. Yeah, right. Um so Biden has a new campaign theme, and he needs one. He says that wait until Trump gets back in office. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be horrible. This is a strategy that I've often recommended to candidates who are behind. Um, I said I would say fast forward to what happens when you lose. 
and talk about how terrible the other guy is. I first developed this when I worked for Bill Clinton in uh, 19, when Bill Clinton ran for president in 1992, uh, and at the, and Biden and Bush had moved ahead of Clinton, and uh, it looked like Clinton maybe might be defeated. So I did an ad for Clinton where there was a newspaper blowing across the factory floor and was spider webs growing on the oh, machines. I, re- I remember this. And everybody, and, and the guy who was the voiceover said, ah, ever since Bush got reelected, it's been like this. I thought this guy Clinton had a chance. I thought he could turn stuff around. But now we all worried that he'd raise taxes and we all worried about personal issues and we ended up reelecting Bush, and now nothing has changed. So, and that worked very well. It, it mm-hmm. helped Clinton take the lead again. So, in a sense, that's what Biden is trying to do now. He's saying, "Wait until Trump gets back." Uh, he said that. So he's doing a series, Trump's America in 2025. He says Trump White House term would lead to a national abortion ban, mm-hmm. and he highlights Trump's reported support for ending birthright citizenship. Um, he said that if Trump is reelected, he would pose a grave threat to U.S. democracy. Well, you got to ask the question, okay, Trump's been elected. So he didn't he do it. been in office for four years, and none of that happened. All right. So what makes you think it's going to happen now? Well, he's talking to morons. Um, Biden, warns, Biden, Biden warns of large-scale detention camps undocumented immigrants <laughs> and separate, separating immigrant families as he did at the southern border. Didn't Obama do first that? Term. Yeah, Obama did. Mm-hmm. He said Trump means right-wing extremism, everyday chaos, criminal behavior, fundamental freedom stripped away, and rejection of democratic norms. Uh, the campaign seized on comments that Trump made on Veterans Day saying he would root out radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country mm-hmm. and likened it to the kind of language used by Hitler and Mussolini. So this is the tactic. War scare people about what will happen if Trump comes back into power. But the thing that makes that impossible is Trump's hybrid status right. as an incumbent slash challenger. Because he's incumbent, you can look back at his record and you can say nothing blew up, everything worked pretty well. Right. Our democracy emerged intact. The KKK didn't march down Fifth Avenue. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And and you can kind of begin to dismiss what he's saying. See, when they used that tactic against Barry Goldwater in 1964 and against George McGovern in 1972, they would say, Warren, if he takes office, everything's going to go to hell. Uh, and and they, I remember there was a ad that uh, that Bush did where you see battleships, children's toy battleships, swept off oh, the table. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Because of the cutbacks McGovern was going to make. And those are all effective when you're talking about somebody that's never held office before or not been president before. But with Trump, you just can't make that charge because right. he's already been president. And there was no national abortion ban. Yeah, but see, Biden's talking to his useful idiots, yeah. and they believe anything the Democrats say. Sure, oh, see, the Trump's gonna, we're gonna have, uh, you know, white supremacists right. running around because they don't care, they don't know. Now, Trump's Trump opposes a national abortion ban. Uh, he favors that letting the states do whatever they right. want. Mm-hmm. He says that Roe v. Wade was basically about returning power to the states and not letting the federal government preempt the states. 
So it's the exact opposite of that. Uh, he, they attacked Trump's support for ending birthright citizenship. And the answer to that is he opposes birthright citizenship if both of the parents are here illegally. But if they're legal immigrants and they're here legally, he supports birthright citizenship. It's only that we're not going to ratify somebody who came here and broke the law right. by rewarding their child with citizenship. Mm-hmm. They said that if reelected, Trump would pose a grave threat to U.S. democracy. Well, he hasn't yet, and uh, he was and he was elected, and I don't think that's going to happen. He said that Trump favors large-scale detention camps for undocumented immigrants. And it is true that Trump wants to deport illegal immigrants, and he wants to do a major program of deportation. They're here illegally. They shouldn't be here. Right. And uh, and they broke the law, and they should be thrown out. Use the front door. You want to come into my house? Use the front door. And that was the that was the policy of the United States until Biden took over and opened the door. They also accused Trump of wanting separate to separate immigrant families at the southern border. And the deal there is that there is a that most of the people coming in now are single men uh, of military age. And uh, to the extent the children are coming in, uh, they're largely coming in separate from their parents uh, in caravans with often child trafficking. Who does that? Well, criminal gangs. Yeah, right. And uh, and and he wants and he wants to separate those children for their own good, their own protection, and to stop them from being prey of these illegal gangs. Um, and then when Trump said that. Well, Biden said Trump means right-wing extremism. That wasn't true. Everyday chaos, that didn't happen in his first term. Not at all. Criminal behavior, that didn't happen. Uh, Their charges that after the 2020 election, he broke the law by saying that he won. (laughs) But, but, you know, that didn't happen back then. Mm. Fundamental freedom stripped away in a rejection of democratic norms. The only democratic norm he's rejecting is losing. And uh, to the Democrats, and he's fiercely partisan and doing a very good job. So Biden said there's only only reason there is an abortion ban in America is because of Donald Trump. What abortion what ban? Abortion? Right. There is no abortion right. ban in America. There is a decision by the Supreme Court that does not that says the Constitution does not require that you don't have an abortion ban. So we go to the states. Yeah, leave it up to the states. Mm. And he says the only reason teenagers in Ohio are being forced to travel out of state to get their health care is because of Trump. No, it's because each state makes their own decision. And if Ohio makes an abortion illegal, so you hop on a bus and you go next door to Indiana. Like you said last week, tell the Democrats to pay for that bus ride. what's, What's the big deal? And the only reason that a fundamental right has been stripped away from the American people for the first time in American history is because of Donald Trump. And the fundamental right he's talking about is the right to have an abortion. And that continues, but it's dependent upon the states doing so. Right. So it has not been stripped away. So we've got a long period ahead of us where we're going to have to answer these charges. Very nice. My boyfriend's back and you're going to be in trouble. Hey, Lord, hey, Lord, my boyfriend's back. You've been spreading lies that I was untrue. Hey, Lord, 
Who is that? Who's, who's singing this? This is great. Mm, it's great. Roxy Music. There's the code. But that is the uh, Trump rebuttal ad. <laughs> That's great. I love that. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Hi, this is Dick Morris with my associate, buddy, friend, uh, and uh, consigliere. Douglas D. Pierre. D. Pierre. Because <laughs> he gotcha. forgets my name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait, and we're sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. One thing, Dick, what you, the last segment, people should go out and check out um, Police State, right? That's what it was called. Yeah, Poli- the Police by State. Dinesh D'Souza. That's exactly it's what. It's a film. Yeah, it's a great film. Exactly what the Democrats are doing, you know, with uh Going into houses, yep. FBI raiding places. Anyway, yep, that was important. Absolutely. Police state. Um, now uh, we're going to give you the State of the Union under Joe Biden, brought to you by Dean Martin. I got the holes in both of my shoes. <laughs> well, I'm a walking case of the blues. Saw a dollar yesterday. But the wind blew it away, going back to Houston, Houston, Houston. I haven't eaten in about a week. I'm so hungry when I walk, I squeak. I got to tell you, Dean Martin, I liked the best out of all of them. Yeah. I really did. He was just so cool. But I liked him better with Jerry Lewis. Oh, he was great in all those movies. Yeah. Punchinero or whatever. So, so the stats are in. Under Biden, inflation has averaged 5.9%, more than double the level of inflation under any of the last four presidents. American consumers are bearing the brunt of Biden's economy. Since Biden took office, Americans have seen a 17.6% price hike in uh, in, in, in all goods and services. Food, everything. Food prices particularly are up 20.9%. Wow, that's amazing. Rent is up 18%. Electricity is up 25%. And Biden's whole program is based on more electricity for cars and for uh, home heat and everything else. Yeah. And yeah, but don't, when there's a hot day, don't keep your air conditioning on because it could be a brownout. And all that is coupled with a 3% pay cut that the average American has had. Now, I say 3%. It's not 3%. It's really more like 20% when you count the inflation that's mm-hmm. been going on. The dollar has lost a quarter of its value since Biden took office. If you had a you have 10 bucks in your wallet, uh, you only if you had 10, you only have 750 now because the dollar has lost one quarter of wow. its value under Biden. It's the biggest tax increase of all. They don't call it a tax increase because it's not passed by Congress. But the effect of it is the same. Sure. The dollar is diminished in, in purchasing power. Um, and let's just spend a moment recollecting why there is inflation. During the COVID, under Trump, the budget, well, go back to my friend Bill Clinton. Under Clinton, the budget was balanced for four years. I had a role in that, and I'm very proud of that. Then uh, we hit, then we got hit with 9-11, and we had to beef up our 
National Security, created the Department of Homeland Security, and that led to a deficit of of four or five hundred billion dollars. And then that continued for a couple of years with the war going on in Afghanistan. And then we hit a series of financial shocks, the subprime crisis, the savings and loan association crisis, and uh, those all were huge economic shocks. They could have destroyed our economy, but we rushed in with subsidy, and that drove our deficit up into the high triple digits. Uh, then we had, then we were hit with COVID. Now, under Trump, in his first three years, the deficit was under control. It was still high. It was four or five hundred billion dollars, but it was not a trillion dollars. Then, when COVID hit, Trump and the Democrats in Congress got together and and made huge increases in spending to cushion the effects of COVID. Mm-hmm. The Treasury had no tax revenues. Business was closed down. Nothing was happening, and unemployment demands were very high. Welfare costs were up. Medical costs skyrocketed because of the COVID. Hospitalizations, Medicare, Medicaid. And we racked up an enormous deficit in the first year of COVID, 2000 and 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. Our budget deficit was $2.6 trillion in one year after it had been five or six hundred million under Trump. Hundred billion. Hundred billion under Trump. And that's where, that's where the fork in the road came. Trump said, okay, we've done the stimulus. We've got the economy back on its feet again. We've regained most of the jobs that we lost. And, uh, let's cut, let's eliminate these tax cuts now. And let's just go back to the normal economy and let us grow economically and grow our way out of the deficit. Right. But Biden said, nope, I control, the Democrats now control both houses of Congress and the presidency, and we're not wasting this opportunity. We are going to strike while we have this control and run up budget deficits, stimulative economic policies. We're going to change the eligibility rules for Medicaid and for other welfare programs. Never let a crisis go. Uh, Never let a good crisis go to waste. Uh-huh. That famous quote by Rahm Emanuel uh-huh. when he was mayor of Chicago. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he made plenty of crises, and he never wasted them. <laughs> and, um, That's not funny. And it was, laughing. And it, it was, uh, it's been a disaster ever since. So when you take an economy that basically is recovering and basically has pretty extensive resources in the way of jobs and you have massive deficit spending, you stimulate an economy that's already in overdrive. And you begin to strip the engine. You know what happens when you race a car motor. And, uh, you, you ultimately destroy the economy. Because as economists say, too much money chasing too few goods. Mm -hmm. Too much money because of the tax cuts, the deficits, the overspending, chasing too few goods because the supply chains were compromised. Many of them were in Asia and China. And, uh, because of the problems, we were, that they were having with COVID, they couldn't supply the products. So too much money chasing too few goods, and the prices rose enormously and permanently. Then an inflationary psychology sets in. You ask your boss for a raise because the cost of living has gone up. In fact, you ask him for an ongoing raise uh, every year 
because the cost of living is increasing. Mm-hmm. And unions build COLA, cost of living adjustments, into their contracts. And you can't stop that inflationary spiral. And that's where we are now, and that's where we've been under Biden. Now, it was entirely predictable and entirely preventable. All you had to do was nothing. All you had to do was just let the normal system kick in, cut back on the stimulus, cut back on the deficits, and, and the normal economy would kick in. Capitalism go? Yeah. Just let and, it, and let it run. And fine, mm-hmm. as it did under Trump. But Biden wouldn't do that. He immediately jumped in with these massive spending. Uh, in, in, and the spending was not for anything, really. It was basically just spending to spend to stimulate the economy. But it was stimulating an economy that was running as fast as it could. And the additional money, the additional stimulus. It's just wasted? Not just wasted. It caused inflation uh, because there was so much money out there, but there weren't the goods or the services to soak it up. So the prices just kept on increasing. And that's how we ended up with the inflation that we face today. And it's very hard to drive it away because inflation like that doesn't just go away. It stays there and it lingers in psychology, the psychology of the average person. Mm-hmm. Let's go to uh, Pat in Indiana. Hi, Pat. Hi, uh, Dick. Um, this morning, uh, John Casamatiz and Rita Cosby interviewed uh, Mike Johnson, and he didn't say a word about impeaching Biden and Kamala Harris. And uh, I thought you said you talked to him and what? What uh, what did you what do you think about that? Uh, no, I've I've never I've never spoken with Mike Johnson. I would like to. He's a good guy, and I'm confident that they will move for impeachment. I think he's not jumping the gun because he has to wait until Comer assembles all the evidence. Mm. You don't want to go into court with a quarter of the case, and Comer has so far made two enormous discoveries about payments to Biden of two hundred million dollars, two hundred thousand dollars and forty thousand dollars. And now this and he's gonna come in with more. These subpoenas are coming due. So each week you're gonna see more of this. I, I document in my new book Corrupt the hidden hidden story of Biden's dark money. Hidden story of Biden's dark money. And this is going to uh, come out, it's gonna dominate the process and when it comes out and everybody sees it, then I think they'll move ahead with impeachment. But they have to move in behind the facts, behind the revelations. And they, and it's a good thing he's not just coming out there and saying it, because people would say you don't have a basis for Get it. Get all your information and your ammunition together before That's you. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Sandra in New Jersey. Hello, Sandra. Sandra. Hello, Dick, and hello, Doug. You know, last night I was watching your show, as usual, and um, you spoke a lot about the banks again. And um, you said that out of the banks and into something safe, that they can't steal. So I have a question. So hypothetically, let's just say say I have $500,000 in the bank. So only I'm guaranteed for $250,000. The rest they could take. No, poor account. Given... Poor account, Sandra. So if you have an account, or you have two accounts, right. or you have three accounts, or you have one, your husband has one, and you don't put more than 250 in any one of them, they can't take it. you got to keep your balances under 250000 Of each account. Of each account. You can have as many accounts and as many banks 
uh, as many members of your family as you wish, but you got to keep them under 250. But Sandra, let me just explain what I was saying about the banks. I talked about it last week on this show. There is a huge liability in the banks in this country, and the reason liability is so high is that interest rates have gone up very rapidly, 11 times in the last four years. And when the interest rate goes up, the value of the bond goes down. So I did this example last week, but let me repeat it. If uh, if you put $100,000 in the bank and it was earning 3% interest, that means that you were getting $30,000 a year in interest. Mm -hmm. Then let's say, I'm sorry, no, I got my math wrong, uh, make that $100,000. Yeah, that's correct, a million you were getting 30000 in interest. Then let's say the interest rate rose to 6%. <clears throat> so you'd get 60000 out of the same million. But when the bank goes to sell your investment, <coughs> to sell your bond, uh-huh. and uh, they, they immediately they find that people say, I'm not going to buy your pokey investment because I only make $30,000 from it. Uh, now, I can make that if I put only half a million to the bank. At six, at six percent. Yeah, half a million is going to give you 30. Yeah, half a million. At six. At six. Uh, at, so, so the deal is that your asset that was worth a million when you put it in the bank is now worth only 30,000. Uh, and, and therefore people say, why should I buy your asset for a million when I can pay 500,000 and still make the 30,000 of interest? So they have to call up the government, the FDIC, and say, hey, you know that asset that I said was worth a million dollars? Well, with the interest rates up now, it's only worth half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And all the banks have to write down their assets. And that means that they're, uh, in, that they're increasingly insolvent, that the expenditures exceed their reserves and their revenues, and that leads to bank failures. But the difference is that this year the banks, the federal government is saying, that when banks fail, we are not stepping in with a bailout. The cavalry ain't coming. The lifeboats ain't launching. <laughs> Instead, we're going to have what we call a bail-in, which means that you, the average depositor, who just filled out a deposit slip and put your money into a checking account, are now deemed to be a shareholder of the bank, and the federal government can come after your account and give you what they call a haircut. That's because <laughs> they don't want to use the word scalping. <laughs> and and basically take your money away from you and uh, never return it. And that, Is that in the fine print? I mean, when you no, put your money it's, in... No, it's in the law. We just passed... Yeah. Congress just passed a law allowing that to happen. Shouldn't there be a big sign behind the guy in a desk in the bank yeah. that says... Yeah, uh, abandon hope everybody deposits your money here. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, it's important that we all realize that. So, number one, don't put more than 250000 in any account in any bank. And number two, work on hedging where you put your money so it isn't all in the bank because you could get a haircut in the bank right. and have no control over that whatsoever. Buy motorcycles and cars. Or at least put your money in gold. <laughs> it's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with 
Hi, this is Dick Morris on the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro, and we're sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Um, a lot of developments in the suits against Donald Trump, both the criminal and the civil, and they all are moving in the same direction. Increasingly, it's becoming obvious that these lawsuits will probably, many of them, most of them, maybe all of them, will not be adjudicated before the election in November, which is very good news for Trump. Uh, of course, they still could, but uh, but it's very possible that they won't be. Now, one issue that was hanging over Trump, and many of you have called and asked about it, is the allegation that under the 14th Amendment, he can be disqualified from being president. Refresh your recollection. The 14th Amendment has a clause in it that said, if you were in rebellion against the United States, having taken an oath of loyalty to the country, you can't hold high federal office can't hold federal office, period. And that was passed in uh, 1866, the year after the Civil War, when they first held elections in the former Confederate states. And the white majority voters voted in former Confederate generals, former Confederate officials, including Alexander Stevens, who was elected senator from Georgia, who was the vice president under Jefferson Davis of the Confederacy. So the Republicans who ran the uh, Congress said, hey, wait a minute, we're going to stop this. We're not going to let this happen. So they put a clause in the 14th Amendment that said if you were, if you were in the Civil War and you participated to overthrow the government, you can't hold federal office. And now the left is saying that Donald Trump's uh, activities on January 6th amounted to an insurrection <laughs> against the government and that that should dis- just like the Civil War. And that should disqualify him from being elected president. And uh, the case has been, there have been three states that have ruled on this, and they all ruled that Trump can be on the ballot. Can? Uh, okay, what did you say? Can. can. Mm-hmm. Now, in Minnesota and New Hampshire, they were dismissed on procedural grounds. But in Michigan, just this week, there was a substantive resolution. And it's chilling. It's scary. <laughs> They ruled that Trump can be on the ballot, okay. But they did it based on a, the judge did it based on a very limited grounds. She said that the clause in the Constitution does not explicitly name the presidency as an office that you can't hold if you're in insurrection. So the question hinged on whether the president was included in the category officer of the United States, which is what the amendment says. This clause does not explicitly name the presidency. Because of the absence of the president from the list of positions to which the amendment applies, combined with the fact that Section 3 specifies that the disqualifying oath is one to support the Constitution, whereas the presidential oath is to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, it appears to the court that for whatever reason the drafters of Section 3 did not intend to include a person who had already taken the, who had already taken the presidential oath. Hmm. Whew, what a narrow ground. I, I mean, have no idea what that just said. Yeah, it, it, the, 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 the semantic difference between support and preserve, protect, and defend. And uh, that, I mean, what a, what a, what a screwed-up ruling. Hmm. Came to the right conclusion, but look at the slender thread that our ability to vote for whoever we want to as president is resting because of this total fabrication that the uh, January 6th uh, events 
were resurrection, insurrection, not a resurrection, Mm -hmm. insurrection against the resurrection for Trump against the American (laughs) government. The first revolution conducted without a gun. Right. On other fronts, though, the the process is moving to uh, to delay the trials. Outrageously, uh, the special prosecutor Burr, who was appointed to investigate Biden's classified documents that he did not return to the archives, has announced that it will not they will not prosecute Biden. Uh, they're going to let him go scot free for that. While there's a federal indictment against Trump for doing the exact same thing, and he was the president and he could declassify anything he wants, right? Exactly. And Biden was vice president with his stuff, and right? Some, and canned, and some was even mm-hmm. from his days as a senator. Mm-hmm. And how are they distinguishing between what Biden did and what Trump did? Well, apparently Biden, as soon as they were discovered, told the archives he had them, and Trump waited several months to tell the archives. That's the difference. Really? That's what's significant. We're He's talking about the archives, guys. This is not a national emergency. This is not a developing crisis. This is not something where immediate action is required. The archives are basically a museum. Right. So if you wait a couple of months to tell the museum that one of its pieces of art is missing. Momentum. That isn't like stealing a piece of art. Right. Uh, Basically, Trump is being prosecuted here for the equivalent of an overdue library book. And uh, the archives are stuck on the idea of collecting documents because that's what they do. They're the archives. Right. And just like the librarian will not accept any excuse for having an overdue library book, it's not that consequential. It's not something that's worthy of the death penalty. So uh, so that this, this, but the, this is the logic that applies to their not prosecuting Biden, but they're prosecuting Trump. Oh, the lack thereof logic. Now, in the meantime, we have two pretty significant delays in the major actions that are taking place against Trump. And uh, it shows that the that the prosecution cannot bring these cases until all the procedural requirements have been met. Roxy Music. Yep. So we have two trials that are both being postponed, not necessarily until after the election, but perhaps. Fannie Willis, the DA of Fulton County, has gone completely crazy and has indicted Trump and 48 other people or so. I think it's 18 other people uh, for playing roles in the in getting an honest vote count in Georgia. They're being indicted the things like saying that the election was rigged, saying that the count was inaccurate, demanding that the voting machines be audited, demanding that the voting machines be seized. This is a prosecutor? Yeah. Isn't that what she does for a living? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and they and demanding all of that stuff. And uh somehow making this into a prosecution uh which would which which would talk about an insurrection against the government. Insurrection. So Fannie Willis said that she expects the trial to conclude by early 2025, Whew. with proceedings likely to be underway 
during the final stretch of 2024 presidential election. Isn't that nice? And the Washington Post reports, I believe in that case, there will be a trial. I believe the trial will take many months. And I don't expect we will conclude until the winter or the very early part of 2025. Which means Four or five, five. Five, mm-hmm. five, five, five. Mm-hmm. Which means it will not be going on during the presidential election, which is important, very important. All these trials should be postponed until after the election because there's no consequence in not postponing them. It's not like they're fleeing the jurisdiction or they're going away, but this is a time-sensitive charge. Mm-hmm. There's every reason not to do it during the election because of its prejudicial effect. Now, Special Prosecutor Jack Smith is not following that kind of rule, and he requested a new deadline for Trump's lawyers to alert the government of classified information they want to protect during the upcoming trial, and that was just turned down by the federal judge. The former prosecutor said the move means the trial, currently scheduled for May of 24, will happen at a later date. So... This what, means, what trial is this? Tell me what. This yeah. is for the classified documents. Got it. The thing they're letting Biden off the hook for. Yeah, of course. And so this means that Trump is going to have to defend himself against the charge that he did exactly what Biden just did, uh, but he's going to have to do it right in the middle of a presidential campaign. He'll have to literally leave the microphone and go to the witness stand and 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 litigate this ridiculous charge. A charge which lawyers is, can't move that. Well, they worked because on of that. Well, they succeeded in moving it away from May twenty May twenty twenty four, which is good. And uh, they made and Judge Aileen Cannon, who was appointed by Trump, has approved lower, postponing the date. So it's entirely possible that Trump will not be on trial for this during the election. Mm-hmm. But he may still be. But it's moving in the right direction, good. and I think that that's ultimately very good news. So. <clears throat> Now, of course, all of this has to be put in the context of the fact that when Trump was indicted on these charges, he gained in the polls. He didn't fall. Uh, He not only wasn't marginalized because of these indictments, his candidacy was catalyzed by these indictments. And you told him he should get indicted more often. That was horrible. Yeah, I did. (laughs) We were sitting in the car, and we called uh, the president while he was going down to Miami and he was with the Secret Service, and Dick, and we say, hey, how you doing? And Dick says, and he says, so Dick, how are my numbers? And Dick goes, oh, it's great. You're up like 13%. You should get indicted more I said, Dick, Dick. And you then should he get said, indicted more often. More often. And, and he goes, ha ha, that's funny, Dick. And he gets off the phone. I go, Dick, you don't do that. You don't say that to the guy. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Not for him, but also it was very funny. So, um, so I'm relieved that increasingly... These charges look like they'll be adjudicated after the election, except in the case of Jack Smith, where it's not that clear yet, but uh, it's looking good. Um, So this is all much ado about nothing. It was an effort to postpone the election, to screw it all up. uh, Cost people money. Cost money. But more importantly, make it impossible for Trump to campaign. Right. Um, because he'd have to be in court all the time. Constantly flying back and now, forth. Now, it had the exact opposite effect, which at the time I predicted it would, which is that the other people in the race couldn't campaign. DeSantis couldn't. Uh, Nikki Haley couldn't. Chris Christie couldn't. Because 
anything they said would be seen as favoring Trump being being convicted. Being, oh yeah, right. Being arrested, being locked up, and the environment polarized into pro-Trump and anti-Trump, and the anti-Trump was stuck with defending all of these prosecutions, all of these indictments, and there just wasn't room for anybody to come out and say, okay, Trump may not be guilty and maybe shouldn't have been indicted, but he shouldn't be reelected. There was no room for that. Right. It was kind of edge to side. That's right. Interesting. And, and I think that ultimately it redounded to his benefit. So like I told Trump, you, you should be elected more often. No, no. Be, uh, indicted. Indicted more that often. was horrible. Yeah. You know, like the Italians, when, when one of my friends is getting in trouble, you don't say, oh, you know, you're going to go to jail. Oh, my God. You say, no, no, these people are lying. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you lied to the guy a little bit. You yeah. know? Well, in this case, I didn't have to lie to him. But uh, <laughs> it's very clear that these indictments have backfired. And this is a very significant event. It means that the, the stigma of being indicted uh, no longer is that harsh. It's like that line out of the Bible, Hey, death, where is thy sting for me? And uh, I think that that's really applying now to indictments and hopefully to convictions as well. I, I like what, he's, what, you, what he said to you last time. I'll see you in the White House. Yeah, that's right. This is New York's talk leader, the crown jewel of talk radio. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. 77 WABC News starts now. It's 52 and sunny on this Sunday, November 19th. Good afternoon. I'm Liz Radabali. Reports say Israel, Hamas, and the United States have reached a tentative deal that could see a five-day pause in the ongoing war. Yesterday, the Washington Post reported dozens of hostages would be freed in exchange for the brief ceasefire. The agreement states all parties in the conflict would freeze operations for a minimum of five days, while an initial 50 hostages are released in small batches every 24 hours. Pause would also allow an increase in the amount of humanitarian aid going into the Gaza Strip. This would be the first sustained pause since the conflict began on October 7th. An effort to expel New York Congressman George Santos from the House is currently underway. House Ethics Committee Chairman Michael Guest introduced a resolution to expel Santos after the committee released a report claiming that he violated federal laws. The report found Santos blatantly stole from his campaign using funds on luxury items, cosmetic procedures, and payments for his personal credit cards. It's hard for voters to pick which is his worst offense. Honestly, I don't know where to begin. It's all bad. Lying about his identity was definitely a, a big one. The 1500 on Botox and the money on the casinos and the Fergamo um, purchases. Taking money from that veteran and, and not helping him with his service dog, that, that was a bridge too far. A growing number of lawmakers now say they support ousting Santos. New York Republican announced that he will not run for re-election in 2024. Elon Musk says he's going to file a thermonuclear lawsuit against nonprofit watchdog Media Matters and others as more major companies stop advertising on X, formerly known as Twitter. Brad Siegel has more. In a post on Saturday, Musk wrote he'll file the lawsuit. The split second court opens on Monday. He accused Media Matters and unnamed others of colluding to attack his company, Apple, Disney, Warner Brothers Discovery, 
and IBM reportedly have paused advertising on X over an anti-Semitism storm that's swirling around the social media platform. I'm Brad Siegel. In some sports, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow has been ruled out for the remainder of the 2023 NFL season. Bengals making the announcement on their ex-account. Coach Zach Taylor said Burrow suffered a torn ligament in his right wrist during the Bengals' 34-20 loss to the Baltimore Ravens this past Thursday. Now your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, sunny skies with a high of 55. WABC News Time is 103.52 and sunny outside our Midtown studios. I'm Liz Radabali, and remember, the news never stops at wabcradio.com. Why get an updated COVID vaccine? If you're 65 or older, a COVID vaccine can keep you out of the hospital. And if you have heart disease... A COVID vaccine can help you stay healthy. With COPD or other lung diseases, getting a COVID vaccine can keep you off a ventilator. Anyone can get severely ill from COVID. But some people are more at risk. Know your risk and make sure you're up to date on your COVID vaccine. A message from the New York State Health Department. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I I just want to apologize to Kevin. I know it wasn't Roxy Music, uh, Kevin. <laughs> so, um, you know, the news broadcasts on this station are not not my product or those of any of the hosts you used to. It's sent in from ABC Central, I believe. And there was a news story we just reported that makes me sick. It said that Elon Musk is going to launch what he called a thermonuclear lawsuit against big against media matters and other left-wing groups for boycotting the X site and cutting back on their advertising. And it said the reason they're doing that is because of a storm over anti-Semitism. That was the quote from the newscast that our newscaster, who I do not personally blame, just read. Storm over anti-Semitism. What it was is that he came to, is that Musk and Twitter came down hard against the anti-Semitic remarks that were posted on X and warned that he's not going to accept any content that continues that charade. Sure. That this is Israel's fault, that this is Israel's responsibility. Good. And what's going on on the left now is that organizations like NewsGuard and Media Matters are not going to the government and saying, center this. They're going to big companies that are right-wing, that are left-wing, and saying, stop advertising on the show. Cut back your ad budgets. Uh, CNN, for example, has terrible ratings. They've been horrible ever since Trump began to pick on them. But their ad revenues have gone up because more and more advertisers are advertising on them, basically to subsidize them, knowing that they're not reaching nearly as many eyeballs. And the revenues on conservative stations, which have increased dramatically in viewership, are not going up because the left wing is cautioning advertisers to stay away from them. And that's what's happening to X right now under Elon, under Musk, and it's what's happening to all of the other conservative 
media. And it's outrageous, it's disgraceful, it's disgusting. It's censorship of the worst sort. And uh, we have got to fight that. We've How? got to end it. How? Well, pressure of the marketplace. Um, go to just stop subscribing to those services. Right. And when they advise people to cut back their ad, not to advertise on these stations, make a point of buying their products. Make a point of helping them. Right. Don't let happen to them the same thing that happened to um, the pillow guy. What was? Oh name? yeah, Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell. Yeah. Where they stopped paying for his, they stopped his advertising, right? And it dried up. Um, yeah, but a lot of people backed him. Yeah, very well. This is the this is the new warfare of the left, right? Put uh, him in a pocketbook. Yeah. So thank goodness, Elon Musk, Leon Musk, is going to sue these companies, and I think be very aggressive about it. What's his name? Ian Musk. Leon. Uh, Ian. Ian. Uh, what no, is Musk. his name? Elon Musk. Elon. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll get it eventually. We're getting old. Okay. Now, this is a horrible story. A bio lab illicitly run by a Chinese national in California contained traces of coronavirus, HIV, malaria, and other infectious diseases. But federal authorities spent months ignoring pleas from local officials to shut the site down, according to a report from congressional investigators. The lab was discovered in December 22 when officers in Redley, California, a rural town of 26,000 people, accidentally stumbled on the nondescript warehouse. Once inside, several individuals who identified themselves as PRC, People's Republic of China, Chinese Communist Nationals, were seen working with thousands of vials of biological substances, Mm. according to a month-long investigation by the House Select Committee on China, published Thursday, and provided to the Washington Free Beacon, one of the only news outlets that ran this story, one of the only dependable news outlets in the country. Uh Yes. The makeshift lab run by a Chinese national contained live mice and freezers filled with improperly stored pathogens and other unknown biological and chemical substances. It was determined that the lab was housing a witch's brew of infectious diseases, including HIV, the coronavirus, infectious parasites in a storage area, Marked Ebola. Hmm. While local officials in Reedley contacted the CDC to report the findings, the Fed spent months ignoring the city's pleas for assistance and only became involved after a member of Congress began applying pressure earlier this year. This year? This year. I was just about right to now. ask you when this was. Okay. The discovery of the lab and the federal government's slow response, quote, presents a grave national security threat that could be exploited in the future, a congressional committee said. It's unknown if other unlicensed Chinese biolabs are operating in the U.S. and what types of diseases they could be experimenting with under unsafe conditions. If the pathogens discovered in the Reedley lab leaked, an untold number of Americans could have been taken ill or killed. Oh, God. Authorities determined that the lab was run by Jiabai Zhu, a Chinese national who had previously stolen millions of dollars of intellectual property from American companies. It was part of an ongoing transnational criminal enterprise with ties to the PRC, for which he was ultimately charged in federal court, according to the report. During its month-long investigation into the matter, congressional investigators focused, found CDC, the CDC ignored in-depth reports about the lab's activity and performed an inadequate review of the site. The federal agency's conduct prevented many of the substances 
found in the lab from being analyzed, and the investigators don't know exactly what was being tested in the labs. The California Department of Public Health inspectors said local officials spent months reportedly trying to obtain assistance from the CDC, both directly and through the California Department of Public Health. According to local officials, the CDC refused to speak with them on a number of occasions. It was reported by local officials that the CDC hung up with them mid-conversation. Unbelievable. This is unbelievable. It's incredible. This could have been the epicenter of a new lab leak of a new COVID pandemic. They're too busy going into Mar-a-Lago. Now, this is one of two stories in today's, in this week's newspaper news, that proves my point that I make in the book Corrupt, the inside story of Biden's dark money, that the Biden administration is paying China back for the bribes that it received. Right. The failure of the CDC to follow up on this, this or federal payoff. prosecutors, smacks of a payoff. Mm-hmm. The other thing is during their meeting, she, the Chinese leader, and Biden mm-hmm. discussed a number of things. And one of the things with the she pressured Biden to end the uh, economic sanctions against the Chinese investigative agency that is persecuting the Uyghurs, the uh, Muslim sect in China that they've been after for for several years now. And the uh, C- the government, U.S. government, declared this office uh, a uh, uh, as perpetrating a crime against humanity, and economic sanctions were imposed on it. And because of Xi's pressure at the summit, those sanctions were lifted yesterday. So this is another example of the of the U.S. doing China's bidding, because the China is paying our president. Right. And uh, it is just horrible. And this is the president's payback. Yeah, this is quid pro quo. Uh So you have a uh, letting the Chinese skate on a bio lab they opened in California to screw around with COVID pathogens and other infectious diseases. And it was run by a guy who's already been convicted of intellectual piracy against the United States. American or who? who? Chinese. Uh Chinese from PRC. Right. So this is a PRC operation that they're getting away with that was taking place right in the middle of the the United States. You know, you said over here, I I underlined it, unknown. um, It's unknown to other unlicensed China-tied biolabs. How could it be unknown in America? Well, because the CDC is investigating them. Right. Because Biden has told them to cool it. And uh, he's letting the Chinese skate on this stuff. Oh, my God. The same reason why there's never been an investigation of COVID, never been checking out its origins, no mm. sanctions against China, no economic no trade sanctions, no fines, nothing. Uh, it just didn't happen. And nobody's getting involved with this to, well, to grab this guy and say, oh, yeah, yeah. And shake him. This is, I think, the first people have heard about this. Need to shake down. I had to hunt down the story. It was not... A big deal. By the way, while we're there, let me say, the Washington Free Beacon is probably the best newspaper in the United States. Really? It's one of the only ones that does not tow the line of the radical left. So I check it out every day, and I urge you to as well. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. 
I think I want to sit on the right side of you now. <laughs> You're a joker, not a clown. <laughs> I don't know. They, they both have merit. <laughs> um, this Dick Morris show with Doug DePiro and right, presented by the Patriot Gold it's Group. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you. It's fun. Let's go to Eddie in Levittown. Hey, Dick, uh, how you doing? I'm very concerned with all these people getting into the race with Trump. I mean, how do, how do you think he fares? Well, we're actually getting out of the race. Right. You, had, blow away. you had three major dropouts, including uh, Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, one of the major candidates. And uh, there was a recently a poll out that showed that Trump handily beats every single one of them by decent margins. And uh, and basically, he beats them by more. That, I'm sorry, he beats them. But if they were the candidate, uh, Biden would still defeat them. I'm sorry, Biden got that wrong. If they were the nominee, all of them would defeat Biden. There is nobody that the Republicans could run that Biden currently defeats. So we're doing very well in the polls. Let's go to Joe in New Jersey. Hey, how you doing, Dick? Good. Thanks for taking my call. So I just want to get this all out, and then I'll listen and hear what you have to say. Um, as far as Trump and a potential uh, running mate, uh, I like Pompeo, but he's to me, he, I, I just think he's a little bland. Uh, but I think he's amazing. The next thing is like I think DeSantis only. The only problem is I think his cutoff for abortion doesn't match the U.S. consensus. I think that. Uh, Nikki, I'm not a fan of Nikki Haley. Okay, I think she's a, I think she's a snake. However, I will say this: in in history, as you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, as they say, you keep keep your friends close and your and your enemies closer. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, they have picked people who they don't really don't yeah. trust and, and let them go into oblivion as far as uh, uh, yeah. being you know being the uh, VP. But I want to say about Nikki Haley: she she could fight. And the other thing is that she's well, uh, she's benign regarding abortion, and we can't lose the selection. And I think she brings more to the table, even though I don't trust her or like her. I think she 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 brings more to the table. She can unite. Thank you, thank you, Joe. Uh, first, I don't think any of the people you named are going to be vice president. No way, definitely you, not to say you don't do addition for Trump's vice president by running against him. <laughs> He's not famous for being forgiving. No. And the way to get him to hate you is to run against him. And Nikki Haley, I think, has earned that animosity. Now, I don't think she's going to be allowed anywhere near the White House if Trump gets back. Um, I didn't think you, that, didn't you mention Kerry Lake? Because if she wins yeah, for senator, then he's not going to ask her to. Is that? Did you say that last yeah, week? Yeah, but that, that, that's not clear at this point. Mm. Uh, at this point, I would say the two people who I would recommend him to consider, and I have and will recommend them, uh, Sarah Huckabee Love her. and Carrie Lake, because both of them can handle the media. Both of them can take it right. and can be effective in dealing with them. Trump does not need a vice president to help him win the election. Right. He's got that covered. What he needs is a vice president to help him run the country mm-hmm. who will not undercut him, not sabotage him. He won't get into a fight with them, and they'll do what he wants. And that's what uh, Sarah Huckabee did as his press secretary and Carrie Lake has done as his supporter. And she looks great, Sarah. She lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And if you've really... seen her lately, there's only half of her. She looks so yeah. great. She's beautiful anyway. Even when she was a little heavier, she was beautiful. But now, wow, I love her. So, Are we going to um, see her when we go to see Mike? 
No, no. Oh, he's in on. Little Rock. He's in Nashville. I'm going to be on the Mike Huckabee show in about two weeks. Well, I'm going to call Mike um, and ask him to have his daughter. Mike Johnson, the speaker, is going to release the footage from the January 6th uh, riot or raid. Say that again? He's going to release film footage of what happened on January 6th. Uh, that's uh, That's currently... We currently have the footage of everything, but the media has not seen it, and it's not yet been screened by the Speaker's office. But we're going to get it all. And all we have now is carefully edited versions submitted to us by Carrie Lake, by um, not Cheney? by Liz Cheney uh-huh. and Adam Kinzinger, right. uh, both very pro, very pro Democrat Republicans, anti Trump, right. And they have that footage has not been released. So all that's been released is footage of them climbing up on the Capitol uh, and and rioting outside the Capitol. Mm-hmm. There has not been footage of what happened actually happened on January sixth, which is that the bulk of them peacefully, uh, if they went into the Capitol, did so peacefully. In fact, there's apparently footage of the Capitol police holding the door for them, and uh, right and and being very courteous to one another. Uh, as as befits, befits any tourists who come into Washington and go to the Capitol. And uh, I think that this release of this footage will defuse a lot of this phony issue. The Democrats are trying to act as if this was a revolution. <laughs> this was an insurrection. <laughs> and the Republicans say, hey, look, wait a minute. Nobody had a gun. They were unarmed. This would be the first unarmed revolution in history. Right. And uh, and to say that it was an insurrection that came within a hair's breadth of toppling the government is just vicious and absurd. Ridiculous. But it's worse than ridiculous. It's deliberately done to foment an incident to use in trying to discredit conservatives trying to and trying to knock Trump off the ballot. That's the one thing that will knock him off the ballot, an insurrection, yeah. like you just said, from the Civil War. And, right. Right. So, so they're, they're working hard on trying to do that and releasing this footage to show how basically benign people were in that situation is going to be really constructive. I know somebody who, uh, who was there on January 6th mm-hmm. and, uh, was not arrested. Her daughter was arrested and her daughter is, has been stigmatized ever since. Right. And, uh, and both psychologically scarred and everything else. Yep. There are still people in solitary confinement right now who participated in that demonstration. But not Hunter, right? Not Hunter? <laughs> no, not, not Hunter. <laughs> no, he didn't do anything. And they, and they're people who, who basically said that this election was fraudulent and that we are pressing the states for a recount before we certify it as final. And that's a position that 19 senators and led by Ted Cruz took on the Senate floor. And uh, to say that this is treasonous or this is an insurrection is right out of the Nazi playbook. Right. What happened in the police Reichstag state. fire. Right. Yeah, and the, and the police state. That the movie. Seuss's movie talks about this. Uh-huh. Um, Hitler uh, had won a, 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 a plurality, not a majority, in the Reichstag, the German parliament in mm-hmm. the election. Mm-hmm. But he wanted a majority and he wanted authoritarian power. So when the Reichstag, the Capitol building, caught fire, it's unclear if Hitler did that or if the communists did it, probably Hitler. He used that as an excuse to demand martial law. Mm. And von Hindenburg, the very weak 
senile, aging, atrophied president. Does that sound familiar to you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he decided to let Hitler set up that regime, and that was the start of his dictatorship and really the start of World War II. Now you got all these people from January 6th still in jail. Yep. But Portland, Oregon, with BLM and Antifa and burning stores down and throwing rocks at people, none of them. Yep. None, I don't think there's two people in jail. I don't Absolutely know. not. You're, you're completely right. It's such a double standard. It's it's absolutely horrible. Watch Police State. Yeah, the movie Police State by Dinesh D'Souza. Doug and I saw it at Mar-a-Lago it a couple great. of weeks ago. It was so it's strong. Just incredible. Really great. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. I can't believe the outpouring on the radical left of sympathy and support for the Palestinians after this vicious, horrible attack that killed over a thousand innocent Jewish people. When Israel retaliates and does what it can to eliminate Hamas, and Hamas deliberately shelters in hospitals uh, and in uh, mosques and other facilities, uh, knowing that they'll inhibit Israeli troops from firing on them. The sympathy, the empathy, the tears that are being shed for them is absolutely disgusting. It's absolutely a total disgrace. It's nauseating. Uh, and I mentioned earlier that on this station, the news broadcast spoke about anti-Semitic controversy, which is why uh, left-wing groups are pulling their ads away from Twitter, away from which is now X. Well, there's a poll that is really scary here. They asked Democrats and they asked all voters, who do you sympathize with more in the current Middle East crisis, the Palestinians or the Israelis? And overall, it was tremendous support for Israel. But among Democrats, among Democrats, it was 41 for Palestinians and 34 for Israelis. So if that isn't a clear statement that the Democratic Party is embracing anti-Semitism, embracing the Palestinian cause, standing up for the likes of Osama bin Laden and, uh, and, and the various criminals that are engaged in the, uh, in the vigorous, act, vicious activities against Jews and the, in, Pal- in Israel, uh, this completely proves it. This is absolutely a Democratic Party anti-Semitic offensive. So let's let's stop this sympathy with the Palestinians. The only reason the Palestinians are still refugees is their own choice. They've been offered harbor and residence in a variety of countries and have spurned it because the UN and the left keeps alive the hope that they're going to return to Israel and claim the property of their great-great-grandfathers. Literally, they expect us to hand over 
half of Tel Aviv to these refugees and say it was in your family in 1947 and therefore welcome back. And uh, when Israel got its independence in 1948-47, Israel invited them all to stay Mm -hmm. and in fact defended them because there were Arabs who were trying to attack those who stayed. And uh, and the demand was for them to leave and form an army that would invade Israel and would take over the country and get their lands back. And this hope has been permeating the refugee communities of the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, and it's become such an incredible cause. And now Americans are picking up the chant, saying, free Palestine from Gaza to the sea. How long Jordan has Valley Palestine the been, the Palestinians, been there? Uh, since 1947. The Palestinians? Yeah. Well, they, they lived in Israel before the Jews came. Uh, it used to be called Palestine. I know, but then how Then Jewish long? refugees started to come in in the 1800s and the 1900s, and it reached a critical mass after World War II, right. and that's when the state of Israel was founded. Right. Um, but the uh, the idea that this that this is some injustice, that this is horrible, is is outrageous. And look, there are so many instances in world history where people have been uprooted and come back. Um, Hundreds of thousands, actually millions, not just millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of Pakistanis and Hindus were uprooted when India and Pakistan were partitioned and they returned to the Muslim or the Hindu side of the border. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Northern Ireland, tens of thousands of Catholics and Protestants moved and were uprooted to be on their side of the fence. Uh, This is something that happens frequently, and it it happened here. But the difference is that the agitators and those who make a living off hatred and those who try to, uh, to glorify hatred are... Or divide and conquer. Yeah. Divide and conquer people. Keeping it alive. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is anti-Semitism, advancing masks. After the Holocaust, you couldn't come out and say, I'm an anti-Semite. You couldn't come out and say, Jews are bad. So what you do is you come out and you say, Palestinians are good, they're wonderful, and we need to protect them, and in the process, get rid of the Jews. Mm. And uh, that has been out of fashion ever since the Holocaust. And when I see these signs on campuses all over the country, it is just revolting. But I had previously hoped and thought that this was a fringe movement sparked by the extreme left. Now I realize it is the Democratic Party, which by 40 to 31 sympathizes with the Palestinians more than the Israelis. While we're on the the air here, they play TV stations uh, with the sound off. And there was just a show with uh, Cory Booker and um, Congressman uh, uh, Congressman Dan Goldman from Brooklyn uh, defending the Palestinians. And Goldman was saying that we need to uh, we need to stop the polarization. We need to stop the conflict, stop the violence. As they're polarizing. And when they say stop the violence, they mean commit as much mayhem as you want. But when the Jews retaliate. Stop the violence. And then they take hostages as part of the kidnapping and then settle their return of those hostages in return for a ceasefire, in return for concessions at the bargaining table, and everything they can 
uh, all under the name of stopping violence and yeah. humanitarian relief. Sure. It is not humanitarian relief. Perpetuating would-be genocide. And uh, the Democrats who support that, that say we need to pause this, we need to, that Israel is overreacting, there's too much violence on the West Bank, uh, the Israelis uh, should should curb this and put an end to it, are basically anti-Semitic. And right. they're basically saying, let the Jews suffer and stop this from going on. Uh, and, and let the Jews suffer and let the Palestinians triumph. Um, just absolutely incredible. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. More details are emerging from polling that was done this week in swing states. And uh, it's very significant, and it's worth talking about. In particular, there was a in-detail poll of Michigan voters. And Michigan and Pennsylvania are really the two epicenters of the uh, of the election. Uh, I think we could lose both and still win, but it's heartening that we're ahead in both. And uh, we, lo- we won both in 16 and allegedly lost both in 20, although I have my doubts about allegedly. it. Allegedly. Now, in Michigan, Biden won in 2020, they say, by 51 to 48. But Trump uh, is leading in the polling by 46 to 41. And underscoring Trump's lead is the fact that Biden's support in Michigan has dropped from 92 percent to 62 uh, percent since the 2020 election. And that huge erosion, that exodus, really, in black support uh, is, I think, under creating the phenomenon of Biden losing in all of these swing states. Uh, the black vote has shifted dramatically in the United States for the first time, really, since 1964, when the Civil Rights Bill was passed and where blacks blamed the Senate for not passing it earlier and did not credit the Republicans for providing the votes they needed to pass the Civil Rights Bill. The majority of the people who voted for that bill were Republicans, and the majority of the Democrats voted against that bill. But because of uh, the media, really, they've credited the Democrats under Lyndon Johnson with passing it hmm. and the Republicans for trying to kill it. But now that is going away. Uh, in 2020, Biden, uh, in 2020, Trump got 12% of the black vote. In the current polling, he's getting 25%. So there's been a major shift and of a significant shift, uh, and that is working through all of these swing states in really changing the numbers and changing their opinions. And it is such a positive and good trend. Let's go to Sonny in Rockland. Hi, Sonny. Yeah, how are you doing, Dick? I- good. Great show, I have to say. I'm a very big fan of yours. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just want to mention something uh, that uh, that should be out there. Um, Tricky Haley, I mean Nikki Haley. I mean, so. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, good. Does Trump use that? Did you just make that up? Or did you get that from Trump? Yeah. 
Well, well yeah, no, gonna, we're going to tell him about it. I'm going to suggest it to Trump. You'll hear Tricky Harry. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. good. Uh, but 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 back a few months ago when they had the campaign, you know, for the presidency and and and, and uh, you had Nikki Haley on on stage, she was telling everyone to um, to not to not to support Trump because he'll be tied up in in the courts for the next like 10 years. Yeah. And you know what? She she threw him under the bus. Yeah. On the tractor trailer on cars. I mean. And that's and, after you know, he appointed so her. That's after he appointed her ambassador to the United Nations. She was governor of South Carolina, and she needed international credentials to be able to be a national figure. And Trump provided her with that, naming her ambassador to the UN. And then the first thing she does is she betrays Trump and turns on him. For those who say Nikki Haley would be a good vice president. I would say, fool me once, shame on you. Mm. Fool me twice, shame on me. Very well said. I have to say that. I'm glad you put that out there, you know. But, um, you know, uh, you're, you're always invited. I have, a, I have a show on Staten Island. I'm not calling about that, but, it, but uh, as we're talking, I have a show on Staten Island. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's called uh, There Ought to Be a Law, uh-huh. and it's on community TV. It's um and if you ever come by, you know, yeah. give us a call. Good. I like the okay. ferry. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Anyway, keep up the great work. I appreciate Thank that. You, Thank you. Let's go to George in Manhattan. Hey, George. Hi there. Hi. Uh, thank you, Mr. Morris. Uh, listen, in 1999, of course, that's going back a lot, you know, uh, Trump mentioned something regarding abortion. He said he's very, you know, emphasizing the word very pro-choice. And indeed, I know he is innately a pro-choice person, although a Republican. Now, why shouldn't he pronounce that factor, uh, 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 thus gaining rather than losing voters? because, Because Trump basically has said that this is a state decision. Emotions about abortion are so high, and there are so many different views about it, that people should have the right to determine for themselves whether or not abortion should be permitted in their state. And uh, and if they don't like the law in the state and they want an abortion, get some bus fare and move to a state where you can and then move yourself or back. Or change it with the votes. Yeah, or change it with your votes in the state. Mm. And he's not getting hung up on saying, I'm pro-life, everybody has to be, or I'm pro-choice, everybody has to be. Mm -hmm. He's saying this should be up to each local area. You know, originally when pornography was banned by the Supreme Court, the standard they said was they should apply community standards. If in a certain jurisdiction something would be seen as obscene, you can censor it. In another jurisdiction where it would not be, you don't. And that concept of applying the community standard as opposed to a rigid, firm, do or do not Mm -hmm. judicial standard makes so much sense. Why split this country in half over abortion? Why have people going crazy and basically voting based on that issue when there are so many other issues when you can have freedom of choice in this country? And uh, freedom of choice means the freedom to choose to have an abortion or not and to have your state adopt that policy. 
The Democrats are distorting it to make it seem as if Trump favors a national ban mm-hmm. on abortion. He does not. He's never supported that. He wouldn't do that. And he didn't do it as president. So what makes you think he's going to do it now? It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Hi, this is Dick Morris on the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePere. Hello, Dick Morris. Sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Well, Dylan Mulvaney has done her work on Bud Light. Um, she, he, is the uh, woman man who uh, appeared in Bud Light commercials uh, pretending to be a woman when she's really a man, I think is correct. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. And, um, and they, and they, they, they featured that. This was the major PR and advertising offensive of Bud Light. It had been the leading beer in the country. The leading light beer, the leading beer, I think the leading beer period. Yeah. And it's been oh, totally, water. totally toppled from that. Uh, you know, my friends that went to Sturgis, Came back. I think it was Steve, maybe from Boca. I'm not sure. They came back. They said the the Bud Light tent was almost empty. Yeah, you know Sturgis, all the bikers and right, the, right. millions of people empty. So in the second quarter of this year, Bud Light lost 10.5 percent of its sales. Then in the third quarter, it lost 13 percent of its sales. So the Bud Light brand has lost. $400 million in wow. sales. Uh, unbelievable. And now wow. Benoit Garbe, G-A-R-B-E, Benoit, B-N-O-I-T, ben, Benoit Garbe, the director of marketing, who was the genius who hired Dylan Mulvaney, <laughs> the Dylan Mulvaney, and the, the brilliant mind that conceived of this. Is he like the nephew? Oh, give it to yeah, whatever this, his name is, Benoit. Of this advertising campaign. Now is the former director of marketing <laughs> of Bud Light, and uh, it's very clear that he has outlived his welcome. Take this job and <laughs> shove it. I ain't working here no more. <laughs> a woman done left, took all the reasons I was working for. You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. Poor Benny. Yeah, poor Benoit. Poor Benny or Benita. Benita. Um, and this is not isolated. There are all kinds of stories and, and uh, records of woke groups who were taken over by the left, who moved to the left to do all kinds of crazy stuff, and uh, then their brands crashed and burned. And the American backlash against this is very, very significant, and everybody can see it. Uh, Hit them in the wallet works. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, look at the uh, look at the situation. Uh, look at the situation regarding Major League Baseball. They cha- they pulled the All Star Game out of Atlanta to protest against the Voting Rights Act that Atlanta that oh, Georgia yeah. passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the De- Democrats called it Jim Crow 2.0 mm. because it had the audacity. 
the the outrageous audacity to require that people have a photo ID before they vote. <laughs> and that outrage spread across the left of the Democratic Party. This was disenfranchising people, even though the states offered free ID so you could vote. And, uh, and, and nobody would have been denied the right to vote and be, be, because of that, because they could have gotten the photo ID easily. And the all-star game was lifted from Atlanta and, uh, and all kinds of advertising contracts were canceled to protest this racist action of the Georgia legislature. Yeah, and cutting into their fraud. Now it's, now it's gone back to Atlanta and, uh, it's all over. And this, and this is revealed for the stupid spat that it was. So ridiculous. Let's go to, uh. I couldn't lie and cheat. Yeah. Let's go to Chris and Pompton. Hey, Dick, how are you? Good. I would disagree with the, uh, assessment you made on vice presidential candidates. I think Tulsi Gabbard would add much more. Uh, she's probably 20, 30 IQ points higher than Lake or Huckabee, and uh, I think she brings something to the table with her expertise in the area of the military. My big concern is our country is in such a state of disarray right now. I don't believe it matters which party has control, and I'm a fiscal conservative Democrat. Oh, come on. Uh, How can you say it doesn't matter which party is in control? We're going in a hole. (laughs) One party has an economy that's terrible. They have double-digit inflation. They have uh, deficits as far as the eye can see. They give in to every criminal enterprise, every uh, left, every crazy left-wing fad. Crime-ridden cities that and they Republicans run. Republicans have done a very good job. Look at Trump's administration compared to Biden's. How can you say that that doesn't matter which party is in charge? Ugh. That's fashionable BS from years ago. Right. Do you really still believe that? I think all the departments in all the, the areas of government the best grade any area could get would be a grade of D. It was it's that way. I don't disagree with where the economy is going now. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about government services, government structures. You're talking about the Internal Revenue Service, Social Security, the military, our criminal justice jurisprudence system. Okay. These- so wait a minute. Slow down. The criminal justice system. It's the Democrats who have pushed no bail. Let them go as soon as you arrest them, and no mandatory sentences. Sentence them to a week in jail for murder. Uh, You mentioned the IRS. It's the Democrats that wanted to hire and hired eighty thousand new IRS agents, Mm. armed, to go around and harass you and collect taxes, which in some cases you owed, and in some cases you didn't owe. Uh, Go through each of the areas you mentioned, and there is a clear. Democratic and Republican record, and the contrast is very, very vivid. But thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Anyway, let's go to Ann on Staten Island. Hi, Mr. Morris. I love your show. Thank I you. have a different view of the previous caller. Um, I have to make. I have a lot to say, so I'll try to do it quick. Uh, Vice President for Donald for President Trump, who I love and I miss him, uh, I think would be wonderful for uh, Byron Donalds. Or Dr. Ben Carson, we like need ben a different Carson. view. Yeah. Yep. Like and him. also, even Ted Cruz in the cabinet. I mm. love Huckabee. I love her. Carrie Lake would be a wonderful press secretary because she would know how to handle the people, mm-hmm. and she's beautiful to look at. But 
for a vice <laughs> president, I think we need to go a different way. He's getting a strong uh, presence with black voters, and I think that would add a very, very strong message if he picks a black American. I'm yeah. sorry, and Dr. Carson is a brilliant, wonderful person. Oh, he's a great guy. Well, I sure agree with you about Ben Carson. Thanks for your call. You know, man. you know who I like. I, I don't think you agree with me on this. I like Monica Crowley. <laughs> I really do. When she did that speech that we were at mm-hmm. at the, I think the Forty Five Club. Yeah, I loved it. Then at that she's, point, she's Every, very good. She's brilliant. Let's go to Chris in Pumpton. Hey, Dick. How are you, sir? Good. I'm doing great. Uh, one of the many reasons why why Trump has to be our next president <laughs> is we're coming up on our 250 year anniversary as a country and there'll be no cons- comparisons to the celebration from trump to joe biden help me out here let's do the math what when will that be that'll be in it was 76 so that'll be in 26 that'll be six years after this right. election yeah good yeah well you're right i mean sure trump can't be president because it's he can't serve two terms but yeah, like will. General Flynn said, we got to look at twelve years. We got to yeah. look at Trump for four years and right. another eight coming yeah. right after that. So uh, my advice to you is to take your sleeping bag and <laughs> put it on Times Square and don't budge for six years. So you got a front row seat to the <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it? The bicentennial, tricentennial. Uh, what is that? Thank you. <laughs> Let's go to Ray on Staten Island. Hey, Ray. Hi, Dick. My honor. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I hear people saying you're on Saturday night. I don't know where. What? What? They, they say oh, yeah. they watch you last yeah. night. Where, yeah. where do they watch you, Dick? Uh, I'm on television uh, for a show called Democracy that I do. Uh, but uh, I'm on radio now on WABC, so we don't make a habit of mentioning the other yeah. station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And behind an iron curtain is going to give up his power and control over us people. Without something going on very soon, Dick. Who's going to give up the power, Biden? Yeah, there's going to be a little man behind the curtain pulling the strings. Oh, that's Obama. Obama, yeah, yeah. No, he's. uh, I don't think he's going to come back. I think that it's very significant that Thanksgiving is now upon us. Christmas soon, the first of the year. And you don't hear any talk about Michelle. I think she is. Um, I do. I think that there would be much more about that if they were serious about Michelle. But we'll see. We'll but, see you know, I goes. think it's like I've said, the wink and the nod. Oh, I'll be uh, in, I'll be the first husband with a wink and a nod. So, yeah. you know, he's going to be behind the desk. Right. But let me answer the question anyway about Michelle Obama. If she were to run, she'd have to introduce herself to the voters, not as the nice wife with two kids who poses on the magazine covers, but is the supporter of reparations for all black families that can trace their lineage to slavery, as the supporter of the critical race theory that says that all whites are racist mm. and that all success that whites have had is, ent- is entirely due to discrimination against black people right. and subjugation of black people. She's going to have to take a position in favor of affirmative action. For the primaries. Well, for the general, too, because she needs black votes. She needs a turnout. Right. And if they're saying that she is a renegade and she's not supporting them, she's not going to get the turnout that she needs. But like you said, if Biden gives up his delegates, yeah, 
at the convention, right? Well, it's easier for him to get her in then. Uh, right, because yeah. she doesn't have to answer anything yeah. for the primary. That's true. But uh, but Michelle is taking office with a tainted brand. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think that that taint is not going to go away. Yeah, but don't you think that the useful idiots are going to go, yay, Michelle, whatever. Yeah, but the other useful idiots are going to say, Barack is going to be really pulling the strings at that point. Yeah, well, some will, but that's why we, we're not counting on more than 60% of the vote. Good, good. Because <laughs> <laughs> the useful idiots... I'm nervous about that. I'm going to be honest with you. Thankfully, yeah. a minority in this country, and uh, and we are increasingly gaining the majority. You look at these polls, and they're so... I mean, so, Trump is... They're so heartening. And Trump is pulling his punches. No way. In the speech he just gave in Texas, I think. He just absolutely let him have it. He's going to clean out the vermin in the government. Is that what he said? I missed that yeah. the speech. And they're saying this is language Hitler or Mussolini. Would yeah, use. okay. Yeah. yeah. When and, he was president, it was beautiful. Yeah. Everything was beautiful. And, and you know, they're, they're talking all about the horrible things Donald Trump will do yeah, sure. when he takes office. Well, he's been in office. He's been right. president. And that didn't happen. Not one, he, not one war he didn't. Yeah. He got rid of ISIS. That alone is a legacy that he, he got rid of them. Those and terrorists. racism, he declared the Ku Klux Klan a terrorist organization. Right. Uh, he stopped the tearing down of statues. He black unemployment, Latino unemployment was lowest. Was lowest in sixty in, in history. Sixty, right. Amazing. Black income rose by more than white income. Um, so how could they and, argue against this? Well, they, they can't. So what they do is they, they lie. say. This is what would happen if right. he were president again. again. right. This is what he's going to yeah. do. And he didn't do it last time, but he's going to do it this time. What a great show. Well, Dave. thank you. This was a lot it's of fun, guys. Honor to thank be you. Here with Good you. to be on for two hours. Roxy music. <laughs>